0: So it is, so it is, so it is, so it is. It's, it's like walking in the spirit, which is, you know, what we're talking about. People who walk in the spirit, they don't know sometimes from minute to minute or hour to hour what's going to happen. Walking in the spirit, to me, is almost like riding a roller coaster. Sometimes you're like, and sometimes you're like, And sometimes you're like, I'm glad that's over. (laughs) Let me get back in line. (laughs) Are you hearing what I'm saying? So the Holy Spirit is described in some places as a dove, as fire, as breath, as wind. He's described as water here in our Scripture. When you were talking about how the Spirit moves, how many know the Spirit lives in you? So you ought to be understand this. He hovers. He descends. He he blows. He moves. He indwells. Just to give you the adjectives, right? So as we've been preaching this, I said that walking in the Spirit is like a dance. And, and it's, not, it's not the modern dance where you could just go out there and not, not even have a dance partner. You just, you're like that guy on Snoopy. What's his name, Schroeder, Schrader? <laughs> that stupid dance, he's just in the world all by himself. But I think there's a lot of Christians that think they're dancing, but they're just, they have no partners. They're not looking at it. They, they, you know, They're just doing their own thing. And they say things. It's just me and Jesus. Actually, that's not true. Uh, more on that later. More on that later. So we we described it as a dance, and it's not a even a dance nowadays. You don't need a partner. Back in my day, you you needed a, a dance partner. Amen. And, but it's even it's it's not just about you and your partner. It's it's. It's, it's that perichoresis that we talked about. It's the circle dance. It's a community dance. It's a social dance. It's, it's everybody uh, in a circle, and everyone's uh, doing the same steps. And, see, it's not just about you and Jesus. It's about us and Jesus. It's about us. And and, and you can't just exclude people. He said, Well, I don't like that one, or I'm not going to church because too many hypocrites. Well, there's a lot of them in hell. Just saying. Yeah, 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 yeah. But you see, if you isolate yourself from the church because you don't like the church, we're family. So what that means is it's, it's kind of like having a family. And you, how many, don't raise your hand, how many got some family members who don't, go, don't come around? Or maybe you're the one that doesn't come around. And we call those families dysfunctional. They're family. You can't change that. If you're saved, you're family, and nobody can change that. Woo! glory to God. But some of you are dysfunctional. <laughs> So if you're not part of a community, if you're not part of a church, Jesus left us a church, not just salvation. He said to be saved means to enter the kingdom. That means you got a king. That means you have to obey. (laughs) Are you following me? So... We are dysfunctional in the world today because we're so divided and we're divisive and we're angry and we're fussing at each other and we're saying, You can't be a Christian if you don't do this or you. In a minute, hang on. So we're dancing. And we talked about it in terms of the Trinity, perichoresis, the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. Remember, they're sitting around a table. They're, they're together, but at the front of the table, there used to be a mirror in that, in that, in that, uh, uh, in that artwork and so that you could see yourself. It's like, it's like we're being invited to the table with the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. We are in a dance with the Trinity. Trinity, Trinity. It's a community thing, and the thing about dancing is it's really hard to do anything else when you're dancing. You can't multitask while you're dancing. Am I right? It's kind of hard to dance while you're liking things on Facebook. <laughs> Who, you, can you even do that? I don't think you can do that. If you're dancing, that's all you're doing. We've got to raise up a generation of people. All they do is dance. He said, Well, I, I mean I can't go to work. No, no, I'm saying everything. Go to work, go to the store, eat, eat supper with the family. It's all part of the dance. You can do all that in the spirit. Wow. And not be too weird. You can do it. Say, I can do it. Oh Lord help me. I, I got to get out of my introduction. Help me. <laughs> and and the thing of it is, one thing you are doing while you're doing a community dance, or even if the individual thing, how many know is you're watching everybody else, and you're saying, "How do they? How do? Uh, how, oh, I like the way they're dancing." Or, I like, you know, but but in in the community sense, we're all supposed if it's, you Think of the Jewish the Jewish dances at weddings and stuff, how that uh, they do it together. They know the steps. So the, the one thing you are doing while you're dancing, I, I don't know that you could really dance if you're blind, can you? A, as a community. It would be kind of hard because you have to see what a, And how many know while you're dancing, you may start doing your own thing, but then you know it's everyone else's not doing your thing, so you conform to that. Be not conformed to the world, but be. Get in the dance and dance like you're supposed to dance. We got a few Schraders out there, I know. But we get in the dance and listen. You become what you see. And that's the whole point of it. People say, "I I don't need to pray every day. I don't need to go to church every week. Church doesn't save you. Church might not save you, but the more time you spend with him, with us, in prayer, in the word, in worship, the more that you start looking like. It's kind of like a married couple after so many years. They start looking alike. Or you and your dog. Or, or something. <laughs> something. I, <don't>, I forget. <laughs> <laughs> Did you ever see somebody that looked exactly like their dog and you go... I've seen people that look like bulldogs. Hello, <laughs> y'all aren't praying for me. Y'all aren't praying. So look, look at look at the scriptures. Let's look, where, 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 Philippians, I think, is first. Let, let's look at this Philippians four seven. We talked about this last time. Then God's wonderful peace that transcends human understanding will make the answers known to you through Jesus Christ. So keep your continually fixed, fixed. That Greek word is so powerful. Attach yourself on all that is authentic and real. Notice, this is not necessarily even spiritual. But he says, think about things that are what? Honorable, admirable, beautiful, respectful, pure, holy, merciful, kind, Fasten, fix, fasten your, on every glorious work of God, praising Him once in a while. Uh, Follow the example of all that we have imparted to you, and the God of peace will be with you in all things. I told you last time that your brain is wired to respond instantly and to attach to threats i guess it comes from when we lived out in the woods or whatever and we see a bear boom instantly we're we're alert we're ready to go but positive things the brain goes yeah that's nice so if you if scientists are beginning to understand the word of god that the way To keep a memory, the way to attach a memory to your brain like a negative memory is to spend time on it. Most nights when it wasn't raining, I would go out on the deck with my camera, with my phone, and you don't just, oh, that's a great sunset, click, go. You have to look at it. They say, you know, remember the thing, smell the roses? So you you actually, if you will look at it, take it in, dwell on it for even four, five, six, seven, eight seconds, just gaze at it. Your brain says, oh, oh, wait a minute. This is important. This is not a bear. It's not a lion. (laughs) No one's trying to kill me, but this is important. God understood. God's telling us this before scientists two thousand years before scientists figured it out. That if we dwell on things, we become those things. 2 Corinthians. So if you want to change your attitude, you need to ask yourself: What are you looking at? What are you spending time with? Are you one of these people that's just always, oh, that's horrible. Smell the roses. Now, the Lord is the Spirit. And where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is it. Yeah. But we all with beholding as in a, the glory of the Lord, beholding unveiled faith, no, no hindrance, are being, oh, we're not just looking at it. What we're looking at is changing us. Because I don't know how to pray. You don't have to know how to pray. Just be in his presence. We are being transformed into the same image we are looking at. The reason why some of us are so depressed and frustrated is because we watch too much Fox News. It works with CNN, too. We are what we behold. And we're being transformed into that image, the same image. And we go from glory to, it doesn't happen overnight. There are stages and levels, and you get higher. And listen, you can't spend enough time with him. You don't just say, okay, I'm done with this. I'm going to retire. No. You go from what? Glory. To glory, just as by the Spirit of the Lord. Oh, my God. So what we're talking about here is not just dancing in the Spirit, but I want to change the metaphor to swimming in the Spirit. Because Jesus told Nicodemus, you need to be baptized in water and the Spirit. It reminds me of Ezekiel's vision of the water coming out of the sanctuary. And he says, as I went out, as I got closer, it was ankle deep and then knee deep and then waist deep, and then it was waters to s- swim in. Woo! Now, some of us, we, we go to the lake or go to the pool, and we just put our feet in the water. Ooh, that's good. Those are called Sunday morning, once-a-month Christians. Woo! That feels good on my toes. (laughs) I, I don't know about you. You know, I spent six years in the Navy. I do not know how to swim. Do not push me in deep waters. I know how to float for a while. I know how to float, but I don't know how to swim. And it's still kind of, you know, if I'm in water up to here, I'm I'm, I'm like, okay, you cannot go deeper. <laughs> you know? And and if I if I step somewhere and I go, oh my God, if I step into that, I'm gonna be in over my head. And you know, can I can I get out of it? Some of you know what I'm saying. Some of you are saying, that's stupid. Learn how to swim. I don't I've tried, I can do, I could do like uh, for three seconds. Uh, literally, like a fish out of water <laughs> Jesus help me. I am out of my introduction. I am. But the metaphor is he says, and then and then Ezekiel says, I, I got out into what he called swimming waters. There comes a point in the spirit where you actually kind of leave your dependency on the world and you're literally dependent on God. For some, that's really rare moment. Some people learn how to almost live there. And you can swim. And here's the thing about swimming. You do need, you need to have some effort on your point. You need to kind of learn how to do that. But it's not about what you do. It's about learning how to, learning what you need to do in terms of the laws of the water. There's a, all I know is floating, and I know you need, you can't bend. (laughs) You have to kind of arch your back, put your head back and and you don't have to go anywhere some christians don't i don't know they don't really go anywhere but i'm in the spirit well good that's better than some that are just putting their toes in you're completely wet <laughs> but you can also learn how to move in the spirit so it does require some effort on your part, but it's not any kind of effort. It's learning how the laws of the water work. And when you learn how the Spirit moves, then you can kind of float in the Spirit. Now, let's, let's use Naaman as the example. 2 Kings chapter 5, verse 1. How many know the story? How many don't know the story? It, oh, you're lying. I mean, if everyone knows, I won't have to read it. Now, now a commander of the army, the king of Syria, okay, was a great and honorable man in the eyes of his master because by him the Lord had given victory to Syria. You know, sometimes the Lord allows your enemies to win. More on that later. Because by him the Lord had given, he was also a mighty man of valor, but, how many know people always have that, but he was a leper? How many you know what leprosy is? Okay. Leprosy is a disease that attacks, first of all, the nervous system to where you actually lose feeling. And then eventually you lose your fingers or whatever, or your nose comes out. And when the Bible talks about leprosy, it's different. Sometimes when it says leprosy, it's really just a, just a skin disease. I, I guess if you had dandruff, they didn't let you in the sanctuary. <laughs> I don't know. But if you had any kind of skin disease, that was leprosy. But I think in his case, this is serious leprosy. And the Syrians had gone out on raids and had brought back captive a young girl from the land of Israel. Hmm, okay. Here's a girl that was basically a slave. She is not living in her homeland. She's been taken away from home, away from her family. And she waited on Naaman's wife. Then she said to her mistress, If only my master were with the prophet who is in Samaria. Church, never question where you are. You may think this is a horrible place, but it might be the right place. If only he were with the prophet, right, who was in Samaria, for he would heal him of his leprosy. Now, notice he said prophet would heal him, okay? And Naaman went in and told his master, saying, thus and thus said the girl who was from the land of Israel. Wow. You know, sometimes people in the world hear our message. Then the king of, the king of Syria said, go now and I will send a letter to the king of Israel. Now, the, now the girl said nothing about the king of Israel, so he departed and took with him ten talents of silver, 6,000 shekels of gold, He literally, and, and ten changes of clothing. That's significant. I mean, how many know he dressed well? Okay, this is Marcus Lehman's suits. Okay, he's looking good. By the way, I added this up. The gold alone is worth almost $5 million in today's money, $5 million. And the letter said, now be advised when this letter comes to you that I have sent Naaman my sermon to you that you may, no one said anything about the king, (laughs) that you may heal him of his leprosy. And it happened when the king of Israel read the letter that he tore his clothes and said, am I God to kill and make alive? See, it's serious. That this man sent a man to me to heal him of his leprosy? Therefore, please consider and see how he seeks a quarrel with me. Uh Uh-huh. How I many you know politics is all about quarreling? So it was when Elisha, the man of God, heard the king of Israel torn his clothes that he sent to the king saying, "Why have you torn your clothes? Please let me, please let him come to me, and he shall know that there is a prophet in Israel." Then Naaman went, went with his horses and chariots, with his uh, uh, his uh, long black limousines and bulletproof windows. And he stood at the door of Elisha's house, and Elisha sent a, mes- sent a messenger to him. How many know a man like that? I'd go meet him myself. Sent a messenger to him saying, go and wash in the Jordan seven times, and your flesh shall be restored to you, and you shall be clean. Huh, so easy. But Naaman became furious, went away. People want to tell, tell me as pastor how to do my job sometimes. Present company excluded. Indeed, I said to myself, he will surely, I had this all imagined out, he will come out to me, stand, and call on the name of the Lord his God. Does that sound good? Wave his hand over the place and heal the leprosy. Ha! And go, ha! Are not the Abana and Farpar, the rivers of Damascus, Better than all the waters of Israel. That dirty Jordan. I've seen Jordan. It's not impressive. It's muddy. It's not as big as you think it is. Could I not wash in them and be clean? Because I know my world, and it's got to come my way. So he turned and went away in a rage, in a rage, in a rage. Just two more verses. And his servants came near and spoke to him and said, My father, If the prophet had told you to do something great, would you not have done it? How much more when he says, just go wash and be clean. Simple. Just do what God tells you. So he went down and dipped. Now, did did Elisha say seven times? Did he say seven times? Okay. So he dipped seven times in the Jordan. Are you all counting? Okay. (laughs) I can do seven according to the saying of the man of God. And his flesh was restored like the flesh of a little child, and he was clean. Can you give God praise for the miracle? Amen. Hmm. This little slave girl had the good news. God can use you. God can use anybody. You've got good news. And it doesn't matter that you're living in Syria. It doesn't matter that you're living in Babylon. It doesn't mean that you are just seem to be a slave to someone else and they're telling you what to do every day. Not talking about your husband. I'm talking about, <laughs> I'm, ta- I'm, I'm just talking about your life situation. You feel, oh, I'm so useless. I'm nobody. That little slave girl saved a man's life. You know, we don't know what happened to her. I don't know. She, she probably was a slave till she died. But I believe Naaman treated her better. <laughs> Amen. So here's a couple points. I'll try to be quick. First of all, you're the solution to this walking in the spirit thing, the solution is not political or cultural. Now, this part of, we'll develop this later I feel as a pastor I don't preach politics but I need to preach I need to preach about politics because here he goes nowhere did that girl tell him to go to the king he takes all this money and goes to the king cuz you just assume if you need something done you go to the man at the top that is not the way of the spirit Can I say something here? We may be entering one of the most crazy, divisive, mudslinging campaigns ever in the history of the United States. Back to who was the guy that shot the other guy? Is that Monroe and uh, Hamilton? Yeah, Hamilton is one that shot the. Burr shot Hamilton. You know, that's politics there when you shoot your opponent. (laughs) So it has been worse. We may actually wind up with two candidates as president from jail sales. I mean, both of them. But it has seeped into the church now. Churches fight over it. Churches are divided over it because if you're not a certain party, then you're not one of us. You think, oh, that can't, Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And it has invaded politics. We will sacrifice anything and do anything to get our man because we got to have so-and-so in office or else all is doomed, all is lost. The Apostle Paul had to deal with Caesar, and he never says one thing about politics except pray for them and obey them. You're already grinding your teeth. I see you. He said, well, we're supposed to vote. Yeah, yeah, be a good citizen. I don't know that we've ever had a Christian president. Maybe the closest would have been Jimmy Carter. You know, if you're on the right, you couldn't vote for him. He was a Christian man. So are we really about Christian values or are we about politics? You do whatever you want. Follow your conscience. I'm not telling you how to vote. It's none of my business. I don't care. I just am sick and tired of the argument coming into the church and coming and seeping into people's spiritual lives until, listen, (laughs) What party you belong to does not identify who you are. You're not a Republican. You're not a Democrat. You're a child of the king. Our citizenship is not in this country. And we're judging one another because of, you know, all this stuff. Well, you vote for it. You vote for it. But but I'm to the point where, like I started to say, I don't know that we've ever really had a a real Christian president, uh, but... You know, at some point, with some people, you might have to draw the line. What Bill Clinton did, I would draw the line. I do not. And then people say, well, we're not voting for a pastor. We're voting for a president. There's no perfect person. There's no, maybe we never had a Christian. But at some point, there's a line that you cross called morality. And when you cross that line, why are we voting for people that are extremely immoral? I don't want that. I don't want that discussion even coming into the church. You want to know what the Holy Ghost told me about this? I, I think I have scriptures on this. In, yeah, in Psalms. Here, here's what the Lord told me: Psalms, Psalms, twenty, verse six and eight. Some trust in chariots, some in horses. Now, Israel didn't even have chariots. Chariots are the war machines. These are the super tanks on the field. Okay, it, it's hard to combat if you're an infantry man. That chariot will just run over you. And they had, bla- they had uh, sword, like blades on the end of their chariot wheel. So they would just drive into you and cut your legs off. I mean, it was horrible. Some trust in chariots because if you had chariots, you had money and power, and your military was the United States. <laughs> and some in horses, cavalry. Yeah, we got to have the cavalry. But we will remember The name of the Lord our God. They have bowed down and fallen, but we have risen and stand upright. The guys with the chariots lose eventually to the guys that are nothing but infantry. You know what the Holy Ghost told me? And we see this all through the Old Testament especially. He says, do not ally yourself with Syria. Do not ally yourself with Egypt And here's my word to the church, and you get this. I'm not goofing around. I'm, I'm trying to be as serious as I can right now. Our ally is not in the White House. Our ally is in God. We trust. We don't trust We're not trusting in the government. We have so-and-so gets elected. Our country is doomed. Well, it's all in God's hands. We trust him regardless of who is president, mayor, governor, senator. Let them do what they do. Some trust. Some ally themselves with their political power. But we will trust in the Lord's Getting you ready for the tribulation, getting you ready for the rapture, you need to wake up because it doesn't matter who's in the White House. It's about the Lord's house. It doesn't matter what party you belong to. It's about the party we're going to. The solution's not in the culture. Oh, we'll lose our oh, we'll lose our country, then lose our country. Did you ever consider that maybe... It's God's will. He sent Israel to Babylon. And they, well, Trump, they say Trump was our Cyrus. He protected Christianity. True. But understand this. Cyrus helped us. But Cyrus is still Cyrus. Cyrus is still a heathen. God used a heathen. But he's still a heathen. I don't know at some point if we should vote or not vote. You know, at some point, I don't know that I could vote if it's evil. I don't, I don't you know, you do what you feel like you got to do. I'm not trying to tell you how to vote, please. under I never have and I never will. I'm just telling you, do not let the political spirit get in your spirit so that you think it's more important who's in the White House than who's in God's house. When you start trusting in chariots, you're going to get in trouble. God is in charge. I don't care who else is. It all works out in the end. The chariots eventually lose, and God wins. Sometimes it has to get worse before it gets better. And sometimes it's the fault of the church because we thought poli- we allied ourselves with politicians instead of ally- allying ourselves with the Lord. So God says, if you think politicians are your, your redemption, then have it. But I'll have no part of it. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. <laughs> I'm not worried about it. I'm, I'm going to th- stop thinking about it. <laughs> Yeah, but Fox News, yeah, but CNN, yeah. Uh, Can I tell you something about news agencies? You got a minute? Some people say, you know, news agencies form people's opinions. No, they don't. They know they don't. Here's what they do they seek the audience that they want to seek and they reinforce the beliefs of that audience. Fox knows who they want to reach. They reach them, and all they do is reinforce what you already know to the point of making you angry. And CNN and MSNBC, they all do the same thing. They know their audience. They know how to stir the pot. So you need to understand when you watch the news. You can watch the news, get get the news, but understand behind it all, know that you're being manipulated. Am I helping anybody or am I just... Upsetting you? <laughs> I got two. Pre- I got. I got three preachers. Okay. I- Our solution is not in politics. It's not in the culture. We're gonna lose the culture. Paul had no culture to deal with. Rome was a lot worse than the United States, and Paul just said preach the word just love everybody <laughs> a second thing you want to say you want to hear something else the lord told me y'all know i don't tell you everything the lord tells me right <laughs> no i got oh what is he i was watching the waiters on the cruise they're such professionals very good at what they do and, and the Holy Ghost hit me with something. He said, did you notice? Because I thought, oh, they really like me. <laughs> Every time they see me, you know, they, one was a Filipino, one was an Indonesian. Uh, the host was from um, uh, near Serbia. Uh, 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 anyway, and, and they all had to, these different accents. And as soon as you walk in the door, oh, hello, Mr. and Mrs. Philippi. and they put they put your chair and they take the nap they put the napkin right on me and they bring the food and oh they love I'm so special <laughs> then i looked around the room and the holy ghost said did you notice it didn't matter what country they were from didn't matter what language they spoke didn't matter if they dressed really well Or it looks like they got their wardrobe advice from Walmart. It doesn't matter. It didn't matter if they were straight or gay. I told you I'd make you mad. I noticed they had the same smile, put the napkin on the same laps, brought their food. did, Did not God tell us? that we're to be servants. Did not Jesus say, I came to... Can I give you some advice for the end times? Quit looking down on... If you're there to serve them, I don't care what kind of sin they're in. I don't care about what race they are. I I don't care young, old, rich, poor, black, white, brown... Yellow? What color their hair is? You used to talk about the green hairs years ago. Now that's normal. Red might be more popular. The, 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 the bright. i got to look around make sure I'm not talking to anybody. There's a green hair. I'm sorry. Okay. It just struck me in the Holy, it's something you always know, but when the Holy Ghost tells you, and he says, that's how I want you to be. I thought I already was, but I had to check myself. And he says, "That's I want you, n- not for a tip." But then I thought, "Well, they're getting a tip, and yeah, aren't we getting a reward?" Yeah. If you act like a jerk, your reward's down here. We have to have a servants' attitude. Can I say even if someone's gay? If someone is a pr- evil, you're a servant, nothing more. You're a servant. You're called to serve the world, not just the people in the church. We need that kind of attitude. Am I helping anybody in this house? We've got to change because we're being taught, we're being trained to be hateful and angry at people. The opposition has to be opposed. No, the opposition needs to be loved. Jesus said if they slap you on the cheek, turn the other cheek. There are Christian leaders, I could quote them, they're now saying, that doesn't work anymore. We've got to fight back. Christian leaders, leaders, major leaders are saying, I don't care what the Bible says about turning the other chain. That doesn't work anymore. We've got to fight to keep our, no, you don't need to fight. Quit trusting in chariots and let's trust in the Lord. God, this is this is gonna be an hour long. Are you still here? Number two. (laughs) The rest goes quicker. The, The solution isn't political or cultural, it's not left or right. It's not even about being in the middle. It's just about being God's person. Number two, the solution isn't within your ability. Naaman comes with all his medals, his military position, one of the top men in the top. Come on, Syria is right, the United States of the world at this point. And here he comes. I expected him to honor my position, lay hands on me, come out and greet me. Oh, Naaman, take my money but God taught Naaman a lesson. You know what? God taught the king of Israel a lesson. <laughs> Cuz he thought, how am I supposed to heal him? No one asked you to. The president of the United States is not your solution as much as he thinks he is. I don't know. It seems to me like anyone that runs for president must have an ego problem, right? I, I don't know. why would, To think they actually could fix everything when it's in the hands of the Lord. I'm not saying we don't do anything. I'm not saying we don't vote. I'm just saying, come on. Come on. Ultimately, our trust is in the Lord. It's not in your ability. How about John 6, 63, one verse here real quick, where it talks about this. Basically, it says, I don't know why we're so slow today. Basically, it says the flesh profits nothing. It's not about your flesh. Number three, the solution doesn't always come the way you think it's going to come. Sometimes you're going backwards, but that's the path. Sometimes the guy you can't, sometimes the guy you think is going to ruin the country is actually the way God deals with the country. or the state, or your family. <laughs> come on. It doesn't always come the way you think. He said, we have beautiful rivers in Syria. Beautiful. You could drink. R- oh, man, I want to go in the clean river. No. No, no. Go dip seven, seven times. It's not that You can't just splash your face. Go dip seven times in muddy Jordan. Sometimes the solution is in the muddy waters. Oh, come on. Sometimes the solution is not where you think it's going to be, and sometimes it seems like you're going backwards when God says, no, the only way to go forward is to go back. (laughs) So just follow the Lord. The solution is sometimes in the muddy waters. Okay, let me wrap this up. The solution is. Is in the river. It's in the flow. Walking in the spirit is about throwing yourself into deep waters and trusting God. I I talk about a roller coaster. It really is. We we just get on. Make sure you're. (laughs) Make sure you things you're. What's that got? Your bar, your safety bars. (laughs) Some of you can't ride them because you can't get. Okay, never mind. I've had my moments where, mm, that's a little. (laughs) I mean, you know you can't be spiritual and carry a lot of. Not talking about your natural weight. Casting away those, th- oh my, there's so much to preach here. And then he says, you have to dip seven times. I don't know what happened. Can I use my imagination? I imagine he went down and got up and said, wait a minute. I'm not healed, but seems like some of that flakiness is gone. You know what the problem with the world is today? They're so hurt. They're so angry. They're so over it. By the time we finally elect a president, you're going to blow your brains out. You know why they say young people cut themselves? Because they are so hurt that they can't feel anything anymore. How I many of you know if, if, you're, if your pain overwhelms physical pain overwhelms you, what happens? You You pass out. Your body, are you hearing me? Same thing emotionally. If you're emotionally hurt, at some point your emotions just shut down. Young people cut themselves because it's the only way to feel anything. That's the generation we're trying to reach. And we're not going to reach them with a political message. If you'll just vote Republican, you'll be saved. I think it's about Jesus, right? Woo! Jesus is Republican? You know, they tried to trap him in this right-wing, left-wing thing. They said... Do we pay taxes? That was a losing argument, no matter which way you went. Did you notice? Can I talk a little bit? Did you notice that the 12 that he recruited, one was a tax collector, Roman government, and one was a zealot? One was as right as you can go, and the other one is as left as you can go. Jesus had a Republican and a Democrat as the 12, and a few fishermen in the middle who can care less. Isn't that something? How many know Jesus knows what he's doing? It, do we pay taxes? If he said yes, he's in trouble with the Jews. If he says no, he's in trouble with the Romans. Are you a Democrat or a Republican? You better tell me who you are. Or we'll split the church. Eh? Just do what you're supposed to do, but put Jesus first. What a great answer. You can't trip up Jesus because he doesn't belong to any party, he is the party. <laughs> Glory to God. <laughs> but by the seventh time, he comes up and he's completely healed. Sometimes your solution doesn't come all at once, by the way. You have to go through a process sometimes. J- just real quick uh, Acts 17 27. Do I have that? I don't even know if I need to go there. Never mind. Let's stand. I'm done. That's enough. That's what Jesus said. It's enough. (laughs) I have put you through enough this morning. Say it with me. The solution is in the river. It's in the flow. It's in the flow. If you want to be a spiritual person, there are things you need to quit. There are things you need to give up. There are things you need to stop being a part of. And it's really all about identity. Who do you identify with? What defines you? Is it your politics? Is it your social standing? Is it how much money you make? Is it your race? You know what? Throughout history, Christians have made the decision they're going to do what's best for them regardless of the gospel. You want proof? How about before the Civil War when mostly southern Christians said the Bible said it's okay to have slaves? Really? Really? And today we're saying a lot of things are okay because we think it advantages us when we're, like, we need to fight back. We've always done it. We've always just kind of did whatever we wanted to do and call ourselves Christians. Well, you can't just paste a label over your chest and say, this is who I am, when it's not how you act. If you're a Jesus freak, then be a Jesus freak. Doesn't mean you don't do anything, or you don't associate with, no, no, it it just means Jesus first means I identify. (laughs) That's important today. How do you identify? You know it's 42 genders, right? You got. How do you identify? What are your pronouns? Simple. I identify as a Christian and my pronoun is Jesus. (laughs) Simple. 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 And let me give you a warning. We're not going to put up with any kind of divisiveness in this church. I made a similar comment back in 1990 when we were not just an all-white church, we were an all-white hillbilly church. I mean, on the long weekend, like this weekend, attendance would drop in half because uh, half the church was in Kentucky and West Virginia. I used to ask those pastors, your churches must be full. He said, no, our people go to Florida. But we had to come out of nothing. There's nothing wrong with that identity, but it's not, first of all, who we are. And we're not going to say you can't come to this church unless you are a southerner from Kentucky and West Virginia. No, you're welcome in this church, regardless of where you're from, where your ancestors are from, what color you are, how much money you make. In fact, you're welcome here if you're a sinner. You're welcome here. If you're gay, you're welcome here. I don't care what your gender is. You're welcome in God's house. This is God's house. It ain't your house. And as long as I, and back in 1990, I made that comment. I said, one of these days, God is going to have African American and Asian and and Hispanic, and and there's going to be all kinds of people in our church. I said, the green hairs are coming. I said, get used to it. Get used to it. We're going to change our music so everyone feels welcome. And some people left. And they were good people, but they're lost. Thank you. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So I'm making the same statement today. Don't drag that junk into the church we are the church we are the church of Jesus Christ and that's how we identify <laughs> oh glory! <away>. hallelujah <laughs> you vote the way you're you know, I can't believe they vote that because of that I can't believe well I, I'm to the point where I can't believe anybody would vote I mean my God well, oh, you got to vote for the better of two evils, yeah. But you're still voting for evil. <laughs> so make up your mind. I, 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 like I said, there's, there's no perfect president, and maybe we never had a Christian. I don't know. But there's a line that you, there's a line. I, and personally, I, I've never said this from the Pope, but personally, I think no matter if it's one of those two, I don't think I can vote for either one of them. a few candidates running. I don't think they're going to make it, but there might be some I could vote for. But Are you hearing my heart? Just hear my heart. I'm not trying to influence you, as it were. I'm just trying to speak the truth, and I'm trying to clean up the church so that we can walk in the spirit. You can't walk in the spirit and be angry over politics. You can't. You can't. We're not called to address that. You can't walk in the Spirit and always have an agenda about race. You can't walk in the Spirit and have an agenda about money. Your agenda is Jesus and the gospel of the kingdom. You must be born again because the flesh only births flesh and the Spirit only births spirit. Don't confuse the two. Am I helping anyone to walk in the spirit? When someone comes up to you and they're diametrically opposed to what you believe, you just say, I love them anyway. Because they'll never be saved. They may never be saved, but they'll never be saved if you don't love them. People have a really sour taste in their mouth about the church nowadays. But can I say this? Some of it is our own fault. Because when they look at us, they don't see Christians anymore. They see right-wing, crazy Republicans. Come on. I'm not saying it's wrong to vote Republican. What I'm saying, I haven't gone liberal. (laughs) I'm not a left-wing lunatic. No! No! How many know there are right wing lunatics? How many know politics is a circle? And the extreme left wing is just as crazy as the extreme right wing. It's like communists and, and Nazis, they're both killing millions of people. They're both crazy, they're both evil. Don't even get on the spectrum. Just be Jesus. Just be a Jesus person. Who do I pay taxes to? I don't know. Just pay him. Just if it's Caesar's, pay Caesar. If it's it's not, then don't pay it. Don't get all wrapped up in it. Believe it or not, there's more on this coming later. Oh, God. Lord, did I just lose half my church. I don't. Will they come back next week? Do you hear my voice that I'm not being political? I'm trying to be spiritual. There's a difference. There's a difference. It's not just the political wars, it's the culture wars. And, and listen, if, if it's if it's not in the scriptures, then we need to preach about it. It's not, listen, we're going to preach about abortion. We're going to preach about how they're destroying marriage. That, that, that's not political. That's Bible. But above all that, we've got to be a servant to everyone and love them regardless. They'll say, well, what do you think about this? Don't worry about it. I love you. God. How many know God will take care of the rest? He really does. I mean, I'll preach it. I mean, you got to preach the whole word. I get it. And it seems like when I preach those kind of hard messages, that's when it's like, yeah, pastor, go get them. Really love that sermon. <laughs> Angry pastors are better. You preach about the love of God, it's like, yeah, I love everybody. Just hate those fill in the blank. You know I'm not preaching anymore. I'm just rambling, right? (laughs) We better pray. Father, we're about to come to the table. (laughs) Jesus. We're coming to the dance. We're jumping in the river. And we're going to do it together. Oh, I feel the Lord. You know what, church? Let me get out of the prayer a minute. I remember... I remember when we would do communion with a loaf of bread and we all broke off a piece of that one loaf. And I I remember, no way we do it now, I remember having one thing of wine, of wine yeah, I remember that. <laughs> kind of a different world there, <laughs> different lifetime. I remember drinking out of the same cup. Well, we'd wipe it, but we wouldn't do that now. But now, (laughs) we don't have the same bread or the same cup. We got our individually wrapped, pre-wrapped packages so everyone can do their own thing. I'm not saying I'm against it. Obviously, it's here. I'm not saying it's bad. I'm just saying, are you getting the illustration? We're so afraid of catching something. Not just talking about COVID. We're so afraid of catching something. I know they say COVID's coming back again. Oh, God. We're so afraid of catching something that we isolate Churches, churches don't just split. Sometimes they, they just get in groups, and they, they isolate themselves. And remember Paul said there's, there's the Apollos group, and then there's the Paul group, and then there's... Churches back then didn't split, but they had their little groups. Well, it's one loaf and one cup one loaf and one cup sink or swim where are we are in sink or swim that's good look at me taking credit for the holy ghost sink or swim we are in, we're all in this dance together some of us look really quirky like me trying to dance up here but we're in this together And if we'll look at each other and look at the Spirit, we'll learn how to do the steps. And we'll learn how to do the steps together.